Listeners, Andy Steiger here. This past week, Apologize Canada hosted two amazing events. First, we held a pre-conference event at Trinity Western University in partnership with ACT Seminaries on the topic of MAID. Dr. Farr Curlin spoke on the topic of medicine, Have We Lost Our Way? We then had an incredible panel discussion with a chaplain, lawyer, ethicist, and physician. Over the weekend, we had a packed house for the Apologize Canada conference. The theme this year was the topic of identity. This year, we addressed a number of pressing issues being wrestled with in our culture that we here at Apologetics Canada are asked regularly at events. On the Friday night, we discussed the way of medicine for Christians as we wrestled with the ethical issues from maid to gender reassignment surgery. On the Saturday, we began the day by understanding woke roots and its fruits, as we sought to embrace the Christian worldview of biblical unity. There were over 13 breakout sessions on a host of important topics by well-informed speakers. We then ended the conference with a story of a rebranded life in Christ. If you missed it, you can get the full conference recordings at ApologeticsCanada.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am here today with the full team. It has been far too long, gentlemen. Wes, thank you for finally deciding you liked us enough to come back again. Well, it was a, a time of deliberation, but I decided that uh, I guess I would come back, talk with you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, in case anybody is tuning in for the first time and they don't know what the heck we're talking about here uh wesley just recently relatively recently uh welcomed another member of uh, another family member into the world so tell us a little bit about that for those who are tuning in for the first time my uh my wife texted me and she she said i think i'm going to labor and our last two are very quick so just for a frame of reference our our second born my daughter everly uh, we went apple picking that morning with uh on on the on the day of her birth because we were celebrating my son's birthday at the beginning of october and melissa woke up and she said like "Ah, i'm a little bit uncomfortable but i don't know we'll we'll see so we went apple picking and while we're apple picking she was like we're if we don't leave we're gonna have this baby here so we we went home and two hours (laughs) later we had uh, a baby so i knew that it was gonna be fast third time around but I didn't realize how fast. So we had a, a planned home birth and the the midwives were at our place and there were some issues. My wife had a, had a um, without going into too much detail, which I'm sure Melissa doesn't want me to do on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Good husband. She, uh, she had had an, man, Wes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, trying to cover my bets. Um, she, she had had an ultrasound the end of the previous week and that day that sh- she ended up having the baby, we had a midwife appointment. So we were going to go to the midwife appointment. They were going to talk about the ultrasound because the baby was measuring small. And when the midwives got there, they said that the, the, all, all the previous few ultrasounds had had a hard time measuring the baby's head. There was measuring small, smaller even than the, the rest of the body proportionately. And they weren't super worried. But if we happened to go to the hospital, 
they would have a pediatrician on hand in case anything went wrong. And we we're fine with having the baby at home, but our two other kids had actually woken up from their naps early. And so Melissa was in labor and uh, the two other kids were up. And so uh, my mother-in-law was already at our house at that point. So we just decided, you know what, let's go to the hospital. Uh, they'll just take us right into a room. Um, she, she wasn't measuring enough that it was a danger. We left the house and the midwives just said that it was probably her getting up and moving around, like walk, walking to the elevator, going down the elevator, walking over to the car in the parking garage. But the GPS said that we were going to get to the hospital in 16 minutes and we got six minutes down the road and the baby was there. So <laughs> the baby was there. <laughs> we, we pulled over on the side of the road. The midwife was driving in front of us and um, there she was. So we weren't actually on the side of the road, side of the road. There was, if anybody's listening and they know the West end of Toronto, there's an area in Toronto called High Park. And we, we were driving right beside High Park on Parkside Avenue. And there was a, um, there was uh, what do you call them? Streetcar. There was a streetcar entrance into High Park and we'd actually pulled onto the streetcar entrance. So technically we were on the streetcar tracks. We weren't on the side of the road. <laughs> and by God's grace, no streetcar came until we were about to leave. Until we were about to leave, the streetcar came and he was kind of like cussing me out for being parked on the tracks. And I just came out and I said, my wife just had a baby in the car. And immediately his like demeanor <laughs> changed. Them. And he was like, do I need to call 911? I was like, no, we're all good. But... <laughs> If you're going to have a baby in the car, this was <laughs> honestly the the best way to do it. Everything went perfectly textbook, no issues. Baby came out, no the size of the head was perfect, mm -hmm. so uh even oh, even that worry was So, baby and mom doing good. We're coming up on this Thursday will be 2 months. So, wow, all months is good. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I know, congrats, right? Wes. What a story. Yeah, yeah. Tried to make that as brief as possible, but <laughs> that is the story. <laughs> that is the story. And so um it was not it was super great for you to be able to to come and, and join us for the conference. We know that the the timing just seems so su super favorable for mm. for for everything. Um but again, we wanna thank your family and, and your your dear wife while you guys got a newborn for allowing you to be able to come out because we just had the AC conference as of the the time of this recording. It is a week, just just under a week since we had the AC conference and the pre-conference. And mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen, I don't know about you guys, but just even trying to get my head like <laughs> to mentally just chill out has been a trial since the conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to put it into perspective for people, we, we were out in Saskatchewan. We had a, a conference out there that we flew a bunch of people out for and we flew out for and we had a variety of different events to, you know, pre post events. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and then, uh, Steve and I were out in Atlantic Canada doing speaking engagements. And then we, I had stuff in Ontario and then the apologize Canada conference in British Columbia. So we're, we're all like looking forward to some downtime. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, for our listeners, this is not something that you really get to see from your end, but once a conference is done, there is a, bit of a quiet chaos as we try to wrap up all the administrative things but also especially for me like I'm I'm editing the recordings and and all the rest of the guys are helping me review stuff and so there is that kind of a busyness that comes after that so 
we actually don't really get to completely wind down until a week or two after the conference. So I need to just tell people this as well, that this is a part of the conference that, that always, it's, it's always difficult because people love the, the conference. They love the content. So they're wanting those recordings and <laughs> at every conference, one of the things that will happen that I, that just, you know, it boggles the mind is I, God bless people. But they'll order the conference <laughs> recordings during the conference, and then they'll ask where the conference recordings are. And, and so we have to just kindly explain to them that they're currently being made, like the talks haven't all happened, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, there's this thing called time. He's still and, on stage right now. <laughs> you know, the, the man's still on stage, you know? And I appreciate, I appreciate their enthusiasm. So then, like Steve's saying, so the conference has to happen. Then we have to get all those files. So like just yesterday, we got all our files from Northview. And each one of these talks is 130 gigs. Now, that when digitally speaking, that's a heavy load, man. Like (laughs) That is a lot of gigabytes. (laughs) That's a lot of gigs. So it takes an hour just to render each one of those down to something more manageable. But at any rate, my point is, it just it takes a lot of time, so we're going warp speed on this, and we should have uh, everything out at the end of this week. Yeah, the te- the team has been 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 working working really hard, and I I just I just gotta say to all the guests who are, who who attended the conference, you guys look real good in photos. I just gotta say, I'm look I've been looking back at these photos. I'm like, <laughs> wow, you guys we look got real some great good. Picks. We got some great picks. Mm-hmm. And but also a special shout out to everyone who even tuned in online. I know there's often a, a FOMO that can come come along with these sorts of things. And but we just want to say like we appreciate you even taking time in the comfort of your home um, to tune in and and hang out, w- whether it was with your churches or your spouse or your cat, your dog, whatever by yourself. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing that because you don't even fully understand that even that is such a blessing that people are willing that want to be part of this so bad that they're willing to sit at home um, just to, to hear um, from the speakers and that yeah. sort of thing. So thank you guys so yeah. much for, for that. Yeah. I want to yeah. as well, just thank, uh, you know, all the, all the volunteers as well. We mm-hmm. had over 60 mm-hmm. volunteers that helped make this uh, weekend take place. And that's just with the main conference. We'll talk in just a moment about the pre-conference and, as well, you know, we always get asked, you know, how was attendance? Uh, and if you weren't at the conference this year, it was amazing. You know, everyone's always wondering what's going to happen post COVID, you know, people are going to come back, but we had a mm-hmm. packed house for Friday and Saturday yeah. uh, and, and just an, an incredible time. And what we want to do in this podcast is do what we always do. Every year we've kind of done a conference debrief where we just give you behind the scenes and just from our own perspective on how things went and what we thought of the different of the different talks. So I think it would be best if we jumped into the pre-conference and, and talked just a bit about that. Yeah. For the pre-conference, we actually had Dr. Far Curlin, um, who was who happened to be our keynote speaker for Friday night, actually. Um, he actually came out to Trinity Western University. So we did this uh, in partnership with ACT Seminaries, which is their uh, seminaries branch at Trinity Western University. And so uh, ACT Seminaries, Apologetics Canada, put this on together. We went to Trinity Western University campus. So he spoke, and then we had a panel discussion after 
with uh, doctors Gloria Woodland, and we had Larry Worthen, who was actually um, who's the executive director of Christian Medical and Dental Association, who's got legal background. Uh, there's Dr. Far Curlin, and then there is also our own Raphael Samuel, who is a board member. He's an anesthesiologist, so he's a medical doctor. And then there's Andy he's there also as one well. Of our so adjunct speakers, right? And so all all of us there giving different sort of angles to the same topic, right? So Gloria Woodland, she came at it from more of the the spiritual care perspective, With and then to here, chaplaincy. And we should also just mention, right? We should also just mention she runs a chaplaincy program at Axe Seminaries. And yeah. if that's of interest to you, we would highly recommend take a look at their program yeah. and, and chaplaincy. And and they actually have a course that's coming up that is focused on made. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take a look at that online. Yeah, we should actually mention that because I don't think I did. Uh, the, so this pre-conference event was titled Made in Canada. So Made in reference to doctor assisted suicide or medical assistance in dying. So that was the topic. And so we had different uh, uh, views on this, different views as in different angles on how to approach this issue. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. And so Gloria Woodland, who who's a chaplain, uh, spoke to it from her chaplaincy angle and Larry from his legal angle, so on and so forth. That was great. Let me just make a couple of comments here and then uh, open it up with some of the questions that I think came out from this. First of all, this was a great event, well well attended in person and really well attended online. We were able to address some important issues that you know many people came up to us and said, man, these issues are just not being talked about nearly enough. Thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for, for talking on them. One of the things I mentioned at the event, and I think I've mentioned this before, I wrote an article called Rights and Responsibilities of Conscience. It's being published in the Canadian Supreme Court Law Review. If you're interested in that, reach out to us uh, at info at apologizecanada.com, and we will send you out uh, a, a copy of that, kind of a draft copy of that, that you can take a look at some of the arguments that I make there, but that were, that were talked about at some level in the, the main event. Now, one of the things that I appreciated about this event is I met a number of physicians, palliative care physicians, number of nurses, number uh, there. Were, we even had politicians there. We had uh, organizational leaders. One of the ones that really caught me off guard is we had just done a podcast with Mike Shooten before the event, and so I'm there on stage promoting this podcast, and I see Steve in the back. <laughs> And he's pointing down at this guy. And I had no idea that Mike was actually, I didn't even know where he lived. I assumed Ottawa. And I had no idea that he was going to be in our event. And, and there he was. That was, mm-hmm. a, that was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given the, given the nature of that conversation, I mean, from my, I mean, from my perspective, I'm sitting here editing it. And I, I'm the way I listen to audio is I hear I'm as much as I'm hearing the audio I'm seeing it visually, so I'm sitting here trying to trying to hear Steve and and Mike have this really tough conversation about Mike's background with Made and and um, his specifically son. the loss of his 17 year old son. Yeah, the loss of his 17 year old son, and I am having a hard time because yeah. it's it's just really 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 trying to 
Like you can't imagine that. You can't imagine that. Yeah. You know, I got a five year old and a two year old, and just to 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 try and walk your children through that would be absolutely yeah. devastating. But just hearing the hope still mm-hmm. in, in the midst of that was was uh, incredibly beyond inspiring. I don't think inspiring is the right way to put it. Uh, I don't really have words for it. But Mike, if you are listening again, thank you so much for being vulnerable um, with us and our listeners and sharing that because it it really did set a whole different um, stage for when we had this made event. And I know for myself, when I went into it, I had a different heart posture um, because of your willingness to share your story. So thank you again. But I have to say that was by far the hardest interview that I did because the whole time I was on the verge of tears. And I don't know how Troy has edited this thing, but you might be able to catch a few moments where I just have to take a couple seconds before I can talk again. Um, and, and so this is this was really uh, cool for us to do because when we talk about doctor-assisted suicide, it can often be a really kind of abstract thing. As we talk about it as a matter of policy, and then when we do that, sometimes we forget that there are actual people that are being affected by this, uh, like Marcus, like you know other other people who are who have faces and names, right? So this is more than just a matter of public policy, and the reason public policy is important is precisely because there are people that are getting impacted by this. Yeah, right. And that was one of the main points of the whole event that this is an issue that's not only affecting, of course, patients but the physician and mm-hmm. the friends and family. And that is actually one of the biggest questions that was wrestled with, I would say, at the event, where when I talked with people afterwards, created probably the most tension. And that is that with MADE in the popularity of medical assistance in dying here in Canada, it is becoming more common for people who are choosing MADE to invite friends and family to their death. And as you can imagine, this is creating a lot of tension. It's a, it's a lot of tension for every everyone involved, and we dealt with this issue at, at the event. And like I said afterwards, I talked with different people that, man, they, there's a lot of uh, emotion around this mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. And one of the things, though, that I think is so important that was kind of a theme throughout this you know weekend, throughout these different events, and I and I hope people really pick up on is that we have got to cut through the fear of talking on these important issues. Because I had so many professionals and uh, you know different people come up to me and say, thank you for having a place that we can talk about this because these are difficult ethical issues. Yeah, And we actually, and, and I, guys, I think this is so critical. I, I heard this from a number of people where they just said, we need each other. Like, Mm -hmm. we actually need to be able to talk with each other so that we can together work through the ethics Mm -hmm. of these issues. I mean, the church needs to do that. But if we have a fear that's stopping us from talking, how are are we going to work through these issues? How how are we going to understand these issues and, and even to have an idea of what our position is on any given ethical issue that's being thrown at us in culture? Well, I think more of these quote unquote political issues, uh, I think in years and decades past, it was easier to get away with not talking about them. I mean, I, I don't think they were as prevalent. And I think just the 
uh, infiltration of just so much information with the um, the rise of the internet and I, no one foresaw what the internet would become and how it would affect our daily lives. But yeah. I think that that's just an onslaught of information. And these things come at us so fast that we often don't realize. I mean, I think that's, that's the issue with the maid issue is a lot of people who I talk to, they just don't know what's happening or it's yeah. so cloaked in language of like um, compassion and uh, dignity and these words are thrown around. But when you explain what's actually happening, people are quite shocked that, yeah. that it's being uh, rolled out in the way that it is. And so I think it's, it's really important. And I appreciate people telling us that because these issues, um, issues of whether it's like made or abortion or LGBTQ issues, they are infringing on the church more and more. And I think as society becomes more and more secular in the ways that it, it is. And that that secularism is almost operating as a religion and at least a worldview, if not a, a religious perspective, yeah. then we're going to have to deal with these. And being silent is just, it's not an option anymore, unfortunately. And there, I think you put your finger on something really important, Wes, because secularism, uh, it's been noted that there are actually a couple different varieties of it. One is negative secularism and the other is positive secularism. So negative secularism says, you know what, we're not going to, so for example, as a government, we're not going to take any stances on any religious issues. You guys just do what, what you need to do, right? So just kind of let them be. Positive secularism, on the other hand, actually pushes its own sort of an agenda, Right, so whether it's so, so for example, with respect to medical assistance in dying or doctor-assisted suicide, you might hear that well, this actually ends the suffering of the person. Right, that is smuggling in certain uh, naturalistic or atheistic assumptions. Right, how do you know that this actually ends the suffering? If the Christian worldview is true, for all you know, this person's suffering has just begun. Yeah. So this is the sort of thing where now you're smuggling in these metaphysical assumptions or uh, in effective referral, right? Now that you are trampling on the conscience of the physician saying, you must do this. We are going to now enforce this secular view and we are, go we are going to impose the secular ethic, even if you disagree with it. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's move forward uh, into the the conference. So that that was the pre-conference. Uh, I believe there's going to be recordings available of that. Troy, are we going to be able to salvage that? I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we got some corrupted audio. From yeah, I'm from I'm event. still trying to sort that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do so the best put a pin we can. in that, but but reach out <laughs> to us. Uh, we can, we can get that that event audio off to you. Yeah. So moving forward into the event, we dealt with some controversial issues, guys. Uh, this year, one mm -hmm. of the things that I made very clear at the conference is the reason we're dealing with controversial issues isn't because we're a controversial organization. We are an evangelistic organization. But yeah. here's the issue that we face on a daily basis. When we speak at universities, churches, conferences, and events of all stripes, more and more, you know, we could be talking about the resurrection. We could be talking about the Kalam cosmological argument. But during Q&A, people want to know about MAID. They want to know about gender. They want to know about CRT. They want to know about their gay friend. And it's almost comical. 
because you're like, did you not hear what the topic was about? Like, was there anything, you know, any <laughs> questions with regards to that? Uh, but to me, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, we have always been as an organization wanting to address the questions people are actually asking us. Yep. And so we are honest about that. And I hope that people appreciate that we're an organization that is not afraid to have the tough conversations. And if anything, I pray that this, that over these last, you know, couple of events we've done from Saskatchewan to Atlantic Canada, British Columbia, that people will see that, that maybe that we've inspired them to have the conversation at the very least. You know, uh, can I make a confession? Because you said we're not afraid to have these conversations. Maybe as an organization, maybe. Me? I'm terrified of these things, man. Like, I do I have to talk about this? But uh, the, the reality is, yeah, we do need to talk about it. And so I'm uncomfortable with it, right? There's this really kind of passive Asian side of me that says, I'm just going to fade into the background and hope that this will pass. But then mm. I, I do. I mean, just the fact that you mentioned, right? When we talk about di different issues, like God's existence, morality, people always ask these questions. And I think that's that's just a that's a barometer of how desperate people feel. Like they want to talk about this and they want to reach out to somebody to talk about this, even if it's you know irrelevant on the face of what, what just what we just talked about. And so I almost feel a sense of obligation in a sense. Yes, we 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 should talk about it. I'm uncomfortable with it, but I am willing to lay that down and have this uncomfortable conversation with you because I see how important this is to you. So for me, yes, I'm afraid, but this is part of loving people. Yeah. And I think it's gospel adjacent, right? Like these types of topics, we shouldn't yeah. confuse them with the gospel. They are not the gospel, right? But they are gospel adjacent in that they affect how we understand and give not only the reason for the hope that we have, but what that hope is. Like how we view human life, how we understand dignity, how we understand the creation and the created order, and our relationship with our God and how he operates in the world. And these are all issues that are related to what we believe about who God is and how he has rescued us from this broken state we're in. So I think, you know, a lot of people push back on, you know, all, all you Christians want to talk about is abortion and homosexuality and so on and so forth. And in one sense, uh, it's like, no, that seems to be what everyone else wants to talk about. <laughs> a lot of us yeah. want to try to avoid it. You keep forcing <laughs> us to talk about it because, you know, I'm talking about the historical Jesus and you're like, but what about gay marriage? And I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, th I, that's what I would say. I would say they're, they're gospel adjacent in that they are not the gospel, but they are related so much to everything that uh, is, is in and around the gospel message. And I think you touched on a really, a really good point there, Wes. Um, what, what I kind of got from the conference and, and also just as an organization, I think, that we've, we're continuing to lean into and try and tap into is that people are asking, hey, is there room for me in, in, this, in this thing you call the kingdom of God, is in this thing called Christianity, in, <laughs> is there room for me? Is there room for my loved one? Because it's that, you know, your hat say love God, love people. Okay, but, <laughs> you know, what does that look like? What does that look like practically? And I love that that's become kind of our tagline because, in, in our individual walk, I'm challenged with it every day. Every time I, like, this is a very 
some of you can't see the hats that we're wearing right now, but my hat says smile and Steve says love God, love people. I can't walk around with a frown on my face. I can't walk around cutting people <laughs> cutting people off in traffic. I can't like I can't move outside of what Christ is calling me to do on a day-to-day if I'm deciding to wear these clothing out. Can I make another confession? <laughs> this seems to be a theme for me today. So just the other day, my, my family, we were driving on our way somewhere, right? And I did this really stupid thing where, you know, I was changing lanes and, and I didn't do my shoulder check and there was a there was somebody behind me and, and you know, the guy honks at me and I'm like, whoa, that's my bad. And you you know what I did? I took this hat off ever so quietly. Love God, love people. I'm just like, I don't want to be seen wearing this hat after having done that. <laughs> there's no I, room for you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It, it, it is difficult to, to love God and love people. We got to be honest about that. But that's, that's what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Exactly. I want to I want to f- uh, follow up with what you're what Wes, you and and Troy, what you're saying there. I think it's important for people to appreciate, and maybe actually it's just important for me to appreciate when Jesus was walking with the disciples and he's explaining to them the gospel and he's living out that gospel before their eyes. What were the questions they were asking? Actually, very similar ethical mm-hmm. issues. I get it, Jesus. You're you're the Messiah, and I'm wrestling with your divinity and all that. But what do I do with the Samaritans? Right? Yeah. Like, wh- what do I do with this ethical issue with regards to you know whether and political issue too? Right? Yeah, yeah. And what do I do with this political issue, Jesus? They were constantly asking him those questions, and I think that we find ourselves in a similar situation. We're like, okay, I get it. There's good information or there's good reason to believe Jesus exists. Good, good reason like they had to believe that he is who he claimed to be. But how do I fit you within my worldview? How do I understand how you make sense of the ethical issues that I'm faced with? So really, it shouldn't surprise us that these are the questions we're constantly getting. Yeah. Well, and I think I think we might be scared because we're worried that these these conversations will get us into trouble. And I think it's important to remind ourselves that Jesus and Paul were constantly saying and doing things they knew that would get them into trouble for the sake of the truth. I think they did so lovingly, but I don't think they they beat around the bush. I think they they focused on the fact that they needed to say what they needed to say for the purpose of truth, because it it mattered. It was going to impact the people around them. Um, There's this great quote, actually, that while you were talking, reminded me that someone sent me. Luther is basically saying, like, if I'm I'm answering all of the questions for the sake of the truth that are important, but not the ones that people are, that are on their hearts right now, then I might as well be not mentioning the truth Mm. because it's the ones that pertain to what people actually need to hear right now, which is exactly what you you were saying, uh, Troy and Andy, um, that are putting the finger on the pulse of our society because it is important to know, you know, why God exists, why we can trust the Bible, uh, all of those things. But we almost need to show people because they're asking not, is God real, but is God good? And what does that mean for me? Exactly. Because we live in this disconnected yeah. society. And then once they understand that God is for them, God loves them, God is good, then we can move on and actually convince them, okay, those other questions, the 
can I trust the Bible? Did Jesus exist? Does God exist? How do I answer some of these ultimate questions? Those are the ones that sit behind this is God good question, because not only is God good, but God is real, and that makes a difference. Mm. Well, let's let's move forward here. Lot, th- this could be like a three-part podcast, you know, so we yeah. debrief all this. But let's, <clears throat> so on the Friday night, we were dealing with Far Curlin and specifically the way of medicine for Christians. He dealt with two hot topic issues uh, that, again, we get asked regularly uh, from MAID to gender reassignment surgery and and kind of everything, you know, in between sort of idea. But one of the things that he brought up that was kind of a key point that I really wanted people to take away is that when they're dealing with these ethical issues that we need to appreciate, we're not just dealing with what a patient desires, but what a physician's forced to participate in and mm-hmm. what the implications are for society. And so one of the things that Farr was bringing up with regards to that is that there has been a shift in medicine away from a traditional model of doing uh, health care where you're seeking the, the health of the individual uh, versus a provider of services model that is very consumeristically driven where it's the patient, you know, basically is paying the doctor to do what they want them to do. and you know, if they don't want to do it, well, now we create laws that force them to do it. Yeah. yeah. And so it shouldn't surprise us. One of the things that Farr brings up in his book, uh, The Way of Medicine, and that that we see, and particularly we see quite a bit because we talk with a lot of physicians, is there's a lot of burnout. There's a lot mm-hmm. of burnout. There's a lot of frustration. And so one of the things that I was bringing up with Farr is that we got to be that we need to be aware that this provider of services model could very well, and I would argue, I have this concern, attract the wrong people and not attract the right people. And by that, I mean, traditionally, people have gone into medicine and created the whole uh, idea of medicine around caring for people, not trying Mm -hmm. to make money or uh, have kind of this consumer drive to it. Now, we went into Q&A from there. And it was interesting. The main talk, uh, people didn't have as much issue with as as with regards to like so Q and A. So one of the issues that we had during Q and A is that Wes was asking all the wrong questions. So Wes, what 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 happened? As, as per people- usual, right? <laughs> there were there were a few people frustrated, but explain what happened because there is some context to this. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, that begins it, with one you going sense, to the airport. It does, yeah. So I was picking up Neil Shenvey, who was the speaker, uh, one of the keynote speakers for the the next day on, on Saturday. He was flying into Vancouver, and his flight had been, I think it was the third time it had been rescheduled. So I was going to pick him up. Someone else was going to pick him up later that evening, and then he was going to come earlier in the day, and then he was going to come later in the day. And so- Thank you, Air I, Canada. Yeah, thank you, Air Canada. Uh, <laughs> always, always reliable, Air Canada. And so, um, so I wasn't actually even sure if I was going to make it to moderate the Q and A. So we kind of had that up in the air. You know, Andy said to me, "If you make it, you make it. That's great. If you don't, you don't." And so uh, I drove over to Vancouver, picked Neil up, and I did make it back, but moments before. So I was um, literally walking him in down. <laughs> and uh, walking, you know, moments before uh, Dr. Curlin was finishing his talk and going up on stage. And um, 
I'd never used Slido before, which was the platform we were using. And so Steve had given me a, a lowdown, kind of uh, here, here's how it works. And so I had it pulled up on my computer. But admittedly, I uh, forgot and neglected the fact that there's an upvoting system. And so I was looking at it and trying to figure out why are all the questions at, at coming in at different times? Like, why are they, why are the top ones not necessarily coming in uh, one after another? Why does one say like it came in 15 minutes ago and one says it came in five minutes ago and the next one says it came in 30 minutes ago? So that was totally on me. I did not realize. I was trying to <laughs> go through the questions and find the ones that pertained specifically to the last thing far had said so some and people, in that some people didn't know what was going on they would they would have no yeah. idea with this but others that were watching slido were like baffled because they're yeah. like he just he just answered like he's one ignoring just, all my questions yeah he's, yeah, he's ignoring all the top <laughs> ones like what is wrong with this guy <laughs> yeah so that's totally on me um i was a little bit you know scatterbrained coming walking in from um driving back from the airport but but it, I should have been better on that with um, full admittance. So for those that are concerned, um, Wes, if you could just give them your email, um, you can direct all your <laughs> concerns. Uh, that would be Troy at Apologetics Canada. Uh, that one doesn't work anymore. doesn't work anymore. So I have to say this, too, because then, uh, then he does go to the top question, and he does so two minutes with, with, like, where we've got, like— <laughs> We're two minutes over time, and now he's gone to the top question. It just unleashes this this huge question that we really should have led with. And better I was late like, than never, am I right? <laughs> you so, maybe not this time. It was actually a really funny moment where I was like, "Okay, Wes, uh, you Wes may not be here for the next conference." Uh, you know, Wes is then, being uh, put on administrative leave. Thanks for coming off paternity <laughs> leave, uh, Wes. We're going to put you on administrative yeah, leave. You can you can go back. <laughs> and then far starts to walk off the stage it was quite it was quite amusing but yeah. there you go everybody there's the context of what happened was we didn't mean to do that we've reached out to far we're trying to get in contact with him to be able to try to record uh something with him to get to more of those questions uh in the next day though we went into uh neil shenvi and monique dusan that talked about woke roots and woke fruits and man did we get a lot of uh, positive feedback from that. Now, we did get some people that were a little frustrated. We'll talk about that. But I, I just thought, what, what an, it was, I thought it was a very helpful conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it's my it, turn. This, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, and, I, and I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to come out straight out the gate with this one. As as a as a black man in a predominantly white community, Wait having them have that conversation, especially <laughs> being in Canada, like I'm, I, I said, I'm going to come out the gate with it. Especially me being in Canada, this conversation was super super important mm. because there's a lot of people that they want you to be the voice and the opinion, the to explain CRT. Forgetting the nuance that, you know what, not everyone from that from the community is in agreement, nor can they all articulate it properly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so having Monique and, and Neil have this conversation and I, I'll say very eloquently 
in such a way that they gave us like they gave a very well-rounded understanding of what CRT was while without just completely, you know, completely bashing, also sliding in little bits of their own opinion. It, it was so helpful because you were able to walk away with a well-run, well-rounded understanding of not only some of the negative implications, but also mm-hmm. the side of like, here's here's some of the here's some of the positives. But the problem is that nuance when you try and set when you just try and sit with it the whole time can create so much confusion. And mm-hmm. I was I, I I remember walking away from there and just saying to Monique, yeah. "Thank you so much because." that it's it's so hard to articulate and let's be completely honest there are people trying to articulate it because it's hot button that actually have like no no full understanding of it and they're just kind of reading documents that they already agree with and it does it's not helpful in the long run yeah and uh for those of you who haven't attended the conference and don't know the context um we didn't really plan it this way but it just ended up being that way there was me and there's monique who's african-american and then here's neil who's half indian theoretical chemist or whatever anyway it was just like there was no white person represented on the stage again we didn't plan it that way but it just happened that way and so it's not just you know i i I hate using language like this but it's not just white people coming together to prop up whatever they already believe and that's that's why Troy is talking about not everybody in the community uh you know whether it's black people or Asians or whatever not everybody is on board with this um yeah. and and so that that's where that's what Troy's talking about that's the context yeah. well and and one of the things i really appreciated uh particularly about Neil uh, getting the chance to talk with him i mentioned i i drove him uh from the airport uh, to the conference and that guy is just so smart and you can tell that he is like he's a cut above academically as steve you mentioned he did his phd in, in theoretical chemistry and you know him talking you know i did this postdoc here and and uh, this is the person i was studying with about this and and yet i think i mentioned this to andy uh, when he asked me about my doctoral work one of the first questions he asked was, how do I explain that to an eight-year-old? And it was like, he has the capacity exactly. to be way above in this kind of academic jargon world. And yet he wants to know how he can disseminate that information to kind of the simplest mm. form. So and good. I totally got that yeah. from him. And if you go to neilchenbyapologetics.com, which I, I have actually for a few years now, you can see he has book reviews of pretty much every book you can imagine on the topic of critical theory. He's done the work. And if you follow him on Twitter, um, a lot of the pushback he gets, I mean, he just cites the the sources. He cites the papers mm-hmm. and said, you know, you can say that I'm misrepresenting it, but here's quote A, B, and C of the people who came up with these theories and yep. how they explain it. And mm-hmm. it's so clear that he's, he's an absolutely brilliant individual. He really cares about people. He's very yeah. personable. Uh, he's, he's very, um, you know, relatable and, uh, I really appreciated my conversations with him and then how he articulated what he did in his plenary session. Hey listeners, thank you so much for listening to the AC podcast. I know this felt a little abrupt, but it's because this is part one of we need to talk AC conference recap. So tune in next week as we get into part two.
Make sure you like and subscribe to Apologetics Canada on our YouTube and on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to interact with us online. We love to hear from you. But until next time, you know the drill. Love God. Love people. Bye for now. It's the AC Podcast.